Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. I hear those sleigh bells ringling, ting, ting, tingling, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a Hanukkah-themed Fuse 8 and Kate with you. Oi, oi, Gavalt. Oh, it's even better, folks. She's still sick. <laughs> Kate's still sick. When I get sick, it lasts like two, three weeks. Yeah. It's awesome. Boy, that must, that must suck. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't know. Feeling great over here. Sorry, All right. <clears throat> just feeling have, feeling good. Just have my matzo ball soup. Just going uh, to stretch over here for a while. Get the get the muscles. I will cough on you. Up. Do not cough. I on will me. do it. Do not. Don't make me. I have to go in the other room. Uh, yeah. You got a thing with a yeah. person. Um, I have a place to go. Be able to see. I don't know why I became the teenager from The Simpsons, but I did. Uh, yes. So I'm Betsy. Okay. And this is Fuse Gate Nate. Where? No, that's not what it's called. Fuse 8 and Kate. Yeah, that's... Already, I'm gone. I noticed I'm that gone. on a previous episode. Did I actually say that? Yeah. Maybe we should change the name of the show, just to match. Fuse... fuse. It'd be easier than me going back and correcting it in, in to the Fuse post. Kate and Nate. To Fuse Kate and Nate. Actually, that would be a great name. We really should have done that. Eh. Oh, well. We'll just confuse the folks. But then we would have had to find, like, six other people to... No, wait, five more other people. Math. Not my strong suit. <laughs> ah. Anyway, that's okay. Well, what do we What do we do? On this year podcast, Missy. Ah, we talk about classic children's picture yes, books. Yes, books that are considered classics by the masses yes. that we may or may not agree with. Right. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes we don't agree. Yeah. Sometimes they're classics. Sometimes they suck. Yeah. Ooh, who knows? Now, um, today's a little weird. You asked me to find a Hanukkah classic. Yeah. Hanukkah classic picture book. You would, boy, you would think that'd be an easy, an easy thing to find. Why? Yeah. Uh, there are shockingly few. Um, I had basically two to choose from, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, now, I am not Jewish. You are Jewish. I am. Yes. And I bet a good swath of our listeners are also Jewish. So, listeners... If there are some books that you're just thinking like, obviously the other book she was going to do was this, why don't you tell me what that book was <laughs> so that I can say, yes, that was the other book I was going to do. Because honestly, like, we're talking like Grinch level of classicness when it comes to Hanukkah books. I'm not seeing it, but I'm thinking that there might be something I'm just not seeing. So... Come tell me what I'm doing wrong at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. Now, before we begin, I'm going to do something a little different here. Mm -hmm. uh, because there is a Hanukkah picture book in the news cycle right now. Uh, you blink, blink you shall, because <laughs> uh, it's not a classic. Um, but considering the ire raised against it, maybe it should be an automatic classic. I had half a thought of doing it today, just because... It's been in the news so much. The book is called uh, Judah Maccabee Goes to the Doctor. 
And it was, yeah, no. And it it was described by Marjorie Engel at Tablet Magazine as, quote, warm and cuddly art by Talitha Shipman and a sweet, slightly didactic story about sibling relationships and bravery by Anne Dikofsky. Uh, she said um, that you should give this one out on day five. As she says, quote, I mean, it's no Fisher-Price Shimmer and Shine Magical Light-Up Genie Palace or Power Rangers Ninja Steel Lion Fire Fortress Zord 20-ish action figure, but it's not a lump of coal, you know? Um, <laughs> other words she conjured up to talk about it were cute and innocuous. So why do people hate it? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the title again. Let's see if you can guess. It's called Judah Maccabee Goes to the Doctor. Can you imagine who would find this uh, horribly offensive book? Well... I was going to say Jews. No, well, yes, there are some Jewish people who do dislike it, but it's a very distinct subset, uh, one might say. They go to the doctor, they get shots. Yeah? It's the anti-vaxxers, my friend. What? Oh, yes. That came out Did of, Did like, you know? Did, that was not even, like, on my there radar. There is a strong anti-vaxxer contingent uh, in some portions of the Jewish community. A 2015 tablet investigation into vaccination rates at Jewish day schools in California found that at one school, 75% of the students were unvaccinated. So, this has been happening. And so Marjorie quotes many of the, uh, apparently this book comes out, Amazon fills with anti-vaxxer negative reviews. Whoa. And they got, you know, I was going to read this one, and now I'm looking at it, and it is so offensive. I'm not going to do it because we're a family podcast. We may swear a little bit, but the stuff <laughs> that they had in here, uh, yeah, no. So I'm going to recommend instead, folks, go to Tablet Magazine. Find uh, the Marjorie Ingall piece on this thing. It is, uh, it is notable, and you should note it. But that's not today's book. No, no, I like today's book. I gave it away. I like today's book. But anyway, I'm going to pull it out of my bag here. Give me a little drum roll. Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins? Yes! By Eric Kimmel. Oh, you found him. Yeah, his name's kind of in there. And illustrated by Trina Shart Hyman. Very good. You got it all right there. Yes! It is Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins who are terrifying. Um, yes, this is... I never thought I would see Hanukkah and goblins in the same sentence. Nor did anybody that he approached this with this manuscript. Uh, <laughs> as he said for quite some time there, he was the only Jewish person working on this book because a lot of Jewish editors were like, yeah, I'm a little nervous about this one, actually. And you can't tell because I think what I have in my hands here... And I'm a little shocked to say this. I think I have a first edition, um, which is borne out by the fact that its old, uh, its old date do slip just fell out in my hand right here. <laughs> That's always a good sign. But I'm pretty sure uh, that this, yes, yes indeed, this is a first edition, um, because otherwise it would have a lovely Caldecott honor uh, sticker. This actually won a Caldecott honor back in the day. Yeah, I was just gonna say the drawing on the front is really detailed. Well, that's Trina Shardheimen for you. Uh, she is one of my favorite illustrators of all time. And, uh, you're about to find out why, buddy. Read this thing up. Okay. We're back. Yeah. We are back. Together. Again. <laughs> and you read a book. I did. But nobody, actually nobody really does. Some people know. But not a lot of people know what this book's about. 
I didn't know what it was about. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, I'm going to have you read this one uh, in a normal voice in consideration for your sickliness. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Go do it. It's the first night of Hanukkah. Herschel of Ostropol is walking down the road. Tired and hungry, he's looking forward to reaching the next village. He is sure that bright candles, merry songs, and platters of potato latkes will be waiting for him. But when he reaches the village, Herschel discovers that the villagers aren't celebrating Hanukkah. They're too scared of the goblins that haunt the old synagogue at the top of the hill. Herschel wants to help the village people. If I can outwit a few goblins, Herschel tells the rabbi, then my name isn't Herschel of Ostropol. Herschel comes up with several ingenious ideas for tricking the goblins in this original Hanukkah tale. So what did you think? It was very interesting. Isn't it, though? Yeah. It's a funny little book. It's it's certainly interesting. Yeah, it's not it's an original folktale, so it's not a it's not an old one that he rewrote or anything like that. I'll believe um, that. Yeah, there's there's this story has never existed before. I believe that. Though parts of it have. I mean the whole you have to spend a night in a haunted house, though now it's you have to spend many nights in a haunted house. Um and the having to outwit goblins or demons or whatever, that's pretty classic. Mm-hmm. There was even a... I had to look that one up. I was like, wasn't there a Jim Henson Storyteller episode that was that plot? And uh, yes, there was. It was. Uh, it aired in 1988, and it was called The Soldier and Death. And at one point, uh, an honest soldier had to play cards with a bunch of uh, little devils. And it was very similar to this. Okay. So, yeah. So, it's been done. Um, so, here's a question for you. Sure thing. It starts off with Herschel of Ostropol walking down the road, and he's tired and hungry, but nonetheless, his step was light because soon he would reach the next village. Why did he leave Ostropol? Why is he going to this next village? They never explain that. He's a wanderer. I don't know. Maybe he's like a superhero. I mean... What is it they Joseph Campbell says that certain myths uh, a stranger comes to town is one I, of the classic storytelling tropes. I wonder if he just goes from like town to town and you know does random magical things. I assume he just helps folks out wherever he goes. Yeah, he's I think he's sort of a superhero. And or just they, you're an average Joe type superhero. As soon as he meets all the townsfolk who yeah. then explain, you know, the situation. Yeah. I immediately had the song Anatevka. Yes, of course, <laughs> yes. Only instead of uh, Russian Christians, it's uh, goblins. Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise, yeah. Close Do you enough. notice how many of the kids in the audience were looking right at you? Um, giving you a little cheeky I was glasses? Just, I just noticed this one in particular. She's looking at you, too. There's a, there's a couple folks who are, who are looking over. Not well, entirely certain what your, I really what your intentions like the, are. I the kid in the corner here because he's also on the last page. Yes, I like him. Oh, is he on the last page? Yeah. Oh, God. The, See, she was... The page that describes how... I'll get out of town. Oh, yep, same kid. There's that kid again. Describes how to play dreidel mm-hmm, and... and mm-hmm. That's him, and all right. history of the holiday and all that, so... Yeah, yeah. so she would often, uh, as an illustrator, Trina Shardheimen had sort of a tendency of putting people she knew into crowd scenes. Um, it got a little crazy. She did a version of Snow White where she made her ex-husband one of the dwarfs she made herself (laughs) one of the dwarfs and she made her ex partner 
um, who was apparently very beautiful, the evil queen, the ultimate revenge. Wow. Only she's hot. <laughs> so I'm not sure how effective that revenge was because now she's preserved uh, at her peak beauty in that book. But huh. anyway, so she, so I'm sure there are real people all through that crowd scene there. Well, here's, um, here's another question for you. Sure thing. Why do the goblins hate Hanukkah? No idea. Because they're goblin-hating Hanukkah, Hanukkah goblins. I don't know. I mean, they never explain that either. Because they're Christian. I have no idea. I mean, it, it is a bit of a mystery, and it is an interesting... I mean, because... Well, let's say that this was Chris, Christmas. Would you question why the goblins hated Christmas? I mean, no one asked why... Why does the Grinch actually hate Christmas? But this is more religion-based, whereas... yeah. The Grinch. Stole the Grinch Christmas never talks about Jesus, baby Jesus. Right. It's like, more about oh that baby Jesus. It's more about Santa. <laughs> yeah. Whereas yeah, that's true. This is more. This really is. Religious. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, I do like <laughs> all these goblins are just brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. the way like the illustrations. She gets so cartoony with the. She's so realistic with him. Right. And so cartoony with her goblins. Well, most of her goblins, not the last one. But. Right. But when he's playing dreidel with the red goblin, yeah. I love how he changes the rules. Yeah. Because I'm reading it and I'm like, no, 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 that's not, no, 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 that's not. I, yeah, oh, it's a, oh, it's a lot of like heads I win, tails you lose. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. And I think even if a kid didn't know the rules of, of, uh, of how to do the dreidel, they would still get that he's tricking the, the goblin. Yeah. Because yeah. if you listen to it, you're like, oh, wait, there's no way for this guy to win. But then at, on the very last page, they explain how you properly exactly. play. So he covers his bases. Right. He's like, we're not going to let kids think that's actually how you play because, yeah, no. Um, another thing that I really like that the illustrator does is throughout the nights, the first candle is always lower that is than nice. the last candle. Yeah, which, see, which attention is the to detail. Yes, unless he was, like, replacing the... But where would he have all these extra candles he was pulling out? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I it, mm-hmm. I thought it was very smart for the illustrator to, like... It's just a little feature that... I mean, she could have had all the candles be the same height. Yeah, no. But... It shows she cared. Yeah. She cared about what she was doing. Um, <laughs> t- tell me that this... Okay, what does he call himself? The King of the Goblins? King of the Goblins. Tell me that is not an evil Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, fine. It's an evil Groot with wings. <laughs> It is very, his hair is so Groot-like. Yeah, it's an evil Groot. It is very, I always think of Night on Bald Mountain when I look at, oh, at him. Yeah. Except less muscly. <laughs> like, if he was working out more, he could get to that point, but he's not there yet. But yeah, you're right, it is evil Now, great, thanks. Now, every single time I read this, evil Groot. <laughs> That's what's gonna be going through my head. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kate. Um, and I... <laughs> I, I laughed out loud with, oh. with when the when the the, the evil goblin is mm-hmm. saying, Now Herschel, do you know who I am? <laughs> and Herschel goes, I know you're not Queen Esther. <laughs> I laughed out loud yeah. at that point because Yeah. It's like smart I So my Jewish name is Chava Hadassah, mm-hmm. which is Eve and Esther, because mm-hmm. I love Esther. I think she's brilliant. And the fact that he, like, threw her in here, I'm like... Yeah, no. Completely right. just, like, for fun. <laughs> like, there's no... Because, yeah, I love... it's You know what it is? And not to keep bringing this back to Guardians of the Galaxy, but to bring this back to Guardians of the Galaxy, 
it's basically that moment at the end of the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie where you've got this villain who is pretty sure that they're in, like, I am the evil villain, and I will be making the great deep-throated pronouncements. And then you've got this hero who's like, and the villain has no idea how to deal with that. And they're like, oh, shoot. I'm doing the wrong shtick for this kind of... I thought we were... I thought we were doing this thing, but where are we doing this thing? I didn't even know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very clever. Although I did just notice, on the very last night, these are all brand new candles. Well, maybe he got new candles just for... Because you, know, you don't yeah. want the, the... Maybe to make sure that the curse... Just to make sure the, the brand curse... Brand new candles. The, you don't want them to be like... Because you know when yeah. you've got a wick, and you're trying to relight the oh wick, gosh, but the so, wick has already been burned down, it's like a little nub. Yeah, and then you don't want to just wax like, on your fingers. He wants this demon claws. to get it on the first <laughs> try. Because those claws, with those webbed talons... Yeah. Um, the, okay, it is a bit scary when he says, you know, I've tricked you, and then the synagogue gets ripped apart. Just torn to shreds. Okay, that that is kind of a super scary uh, ghost goblin he's got going on here. Can um, I tell you, I didn't notice him until I, you had the book upside down, and then I saw him. Because I, when I read this before, I did not see him there. That really? Way. I don't know why. Oh, that's terrifying Yeah, me. it's kind of Stephen Gamble's scary stories to tell in the dark. Age. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I wonder if those two ever met. Um, but then, yeah, in the last page, he's just there with the uh, menorah at the top of the hill, and yes. everyone's waiting for him at the bottom, and all the houses are lit, and it's so sweet. And... Especially sweet, because poor guy's been eating just pickles and eggs for the last <laughs> so many days. It, yeah. He must be starving. He must just want Betsy, Just give me a freaking laugh. You know how many days, right? Sure. Lots. Betsy. More than five, less than ten. Really? Uh, Eight Crazy Nights? There you go. Okay, fine. Uh, wow, I knew you that. had to reference Adam Sandler, of all people. <sighs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> How do uh, Christian people know about Hanukkah? Eh, Christian, Adam Sandler. It's, it's Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah. Eight Crazy Nights. We will not be doing that picture book. Um, which I believe there was an Adam Sandler Eight Crazy Nights picture book. I could there was be a movie. Wrong. Yeah, there was a movie, but I think he also and did a picture a book. And there's a song. I know the song. The three different versions of the song? Yeah, I know two of the different versions. Yeah. I don't know the third. The third one's not the best. Oh, well, that's why I don't know. I think the first See, one's See, I best. have standards. So this book, uh, they had a big celebration for it uh, back in 2014. Uh, because, Wait, when uh, did this come out? 2014? This, no, this came out in 1989. So why was there a celebration? It was the 25th anniversary. Oh. I know. They did a beautiful reprint of it. Was it this one? It was not. Did Betsy try to find it? Yes, she did. Did my library have it? No, they did not. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a bummer, because there's a bunch of, like, extra information. But fortunately, I was able to conjure up a little of the extra information myself. Huh. You know. So, uh, Eric Kimmel calls it a patchwork quilt of things. And he sort of said that the inspiration was, quote, For every Jewish kid growing up in the 50s, like me, the Christmas stuff was magnificent, and the Jewish stuff was, frankly, pretty lame. It still is. Yo, that has not changed. No. <laughs> you have the story of the Maccabees which is kind of exciting when you're 10. Uh, but once you've heard it a few times, you get sick of it. And I thought, why not try to write a decent Hanukkah story? So he did. Um, and he got a lot of different influences. Um, he looked at folklore. There's a Ukrainian tale starring Ivanko, the bear's son, and features a goblin. A, Charles Dickens is a Christmas carol. Yeah. There's a lot of that in this to a certain extent. Um, and he... <laughs> He said, I wondered, uh, how does he take a holiday like Christmas, which is not creepy at all, and make it creepy? So that's what he is, is going, he was going, that was his jumping off point. 
Um, also, he said, uh, I had an old country grandma, and she believed in evil spirits. So that was a nice thing to have at home. And no Jewish editors, as I mentioned before, would touch this with a 10-foot pole. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, they thought it was too far out there. Yeah. And they were worried about what the larger Jewish community might think about it. Yeah. Um, and so he says, it's interesting that in the end, the only Jewish person involved with this was me. Oh. So, sorry, Eric. Really? The illustrator wasn't? No, Trina is was certainly not Jewish. Hmm. Um, no, she uh, oh she was so good. So what they did was, um, if you look on the publication page, it's a little confusing because it gives the copyright. It has two copyrights, one for nineteen eighty five and one for nineteen eighty nine. The text copyright is nineteen eighty five, and this is because all he could do he got an offer to do it as a short story in Cricket Magazine, so he was like, well, no, he's going to publish the darn thing, sure. And who was he paired with for the short story? Trina Shard-Hyman. Uh, it was a shorter version of this. And then she was like, this thing is freaking amazing. So she brought it to Holiday House, and they published it as a full-color picture book. Uh, and then it won a lovely silver medal. So, ha-ha. Nice. Um, and it's, he said of Trina, she was so sick of painting princesses and damsels in distress. And she actually sent him a letter afterwards saying how much she appreciated the chance to use my art to my full. <laughs> Aww. Uh, which is great. Um, and so there's more of this stuff in the 25th anniversary. So if someone wants to get a copy, I highly recommend you get that one. Nothing wrong with the original. And yeah, they didn't like... change anything for the reprint at all. Oh, pretty good. much. Okay. Um, they kept it all packed in there. Pretty much the same. So she's not... I mean, I assumed she was Jewish because she's got all sorts of, like... Really, interesting. she did a research. Oh, she would, okay. and she would do. Boy, she did books set in different African countries, and she was always very meticulous with the details there. And good for her. Yeah, she was really cool. She also had. She was mischievous. Um, she got in big time trouble. For example, there was a book uh, series by Jean Fritz where it was like all questions with founding fathers, like uh, why don't you get a horse, Sam Adams? And one of them was like. Uh, about John Hancock. And in the John Hancock one, she had gotten a bad review for one of her books. And so she put on a gravestone. The bad review was in a periodical called Kirkus, started by Virginia Kirkus. So on a gravestone, she put, Virginia, Kirk us, a nasty soul is its own reward. Which nobody caught until it came out. And then she got in big time trouble for that. <laughs> She also did a book called The King's Stork uh, that had couples copulating uh, in the carvings <laughs> on the edge of a uh, wooden table. <laughs> Highly recommend you seek that out because once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it took me a long time to track that one down because when she, she didn't win the official award, um, Caldecott Award for this one, she did it for another book. But when she gave her acceptance speech, she was like... Um, she basically said, I'm done apologizing for the gravestone. I'm done apologizing for the witch's table. At which point I was like, witch's table? What, <laughs> what, what, what witch's table is that? So she was awesome. But unfortunately she died before I, uh, I came into my children's librarianship. Oh. Um, which is a real bummer. But her books are awesome and I'm so glad we got to do one. So uh, ratings time. Well, this is interesting because it's pretty relatively new. I mean... 1980... What did I say there? I don't know. You said a couple I years. I said 1989. 1989, man. There's people having children who were born in 1989. <laughs> That's true. Um, 
There's people with pensions from 1989. Oh, no, there's not. But. <laughs> um, I, I, I like this book. I liked how um, he tricked the goblins in different ways, and I like that it's a Hanukkah book because I never, ever see Hanukkah books. No! Nobody <laughs> like, does! Like it's I'm really going to repeat, sad. people, if you can think of a classic Hanukkah book, tell me. Because it's really sad, like, walking through Target or Marshalls, yeah. when you see these beautiful big displays with trees and stockings, and and you even see the little, what do they call them, the little, with the little baby Jesus in the, in the manger, and the, yep. yeah, nativity scene, you see all that. Yep. And then you'll see one itty-bitty little section for the Jews. <laughs> you got maybe a menorah. And nothing for Kwanzaa. You got, <laughs> no. 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 Nope. Yeah, nah. so I really liked, I like the drawings specifically. I think they're beautiful. Well, it makes it exciting. I actually sold this to my three-year-old tonight, like when I brought it home. I was like, I got a book with goblins in it. And he was like, woohoo. Even though it's so long, he sat for the whole thing. And he wasn't scared with the end? You know, the th- uh, sure. But, uh, <laughs> not you know, he's much more scared by um, TV and things. Like he saw Warner Brothers recently where a guy kept turning into Jekyll from Jekyll and Hyde. And that gave him nightmares. Books, not as much. Oh. Um, this was pretty par for the course for him. He was like, yes, evil demon that looks <laughs> like a nightmare from hell. Two thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> also, this is very, he keeps it interesting, like, consistently. There's not, yeah. like, a long swath of detail. It's well, every pretty way much grabs he, you from the start. Yeah, every way he in. tricks the goblins, it's it's something different, and something yeah. new, and something you wouldn't expect. And it's teaching you, but it's not teaching you with, like, and this is what a dreidel's like. Right. This is, what, this is the history of the dreidel. This and is how like, you light a menorah. Right. I mean, and you this can just. This is why. Yeah. I mean, let's look at the well, history flashback. Well, like, to, no. yeah, I mean, I mean it's be, in the author's note, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah. That's, it gives the information if you need it, but you, in the author's note, is a very contemporary author's note. These days, we get a lot of these, but back then, I don't think it was all that common to have this much information in the back of a book, and it's just a lovely little edition. So, well played, Eric Kimmel, who is still writing picture books to this very day, I should say. Good man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say 7.5. All right. So, I am going, and I've never done this before, I'm going straight up five. What? Right in the middle. Why? Well. Wait, what are you talking about? It's beautiful. Yeah. But I can't remember it for three minutes after I've read it. I try. I've read this book in the past and I had no memory of it a little while later. I had, I mean, reading this one now was like reading it all over again. It's fantastic. And it's probably the best Hanukkah book. It is the best Hanukkah picture book, I think, for kids. But I'm still going to give it a five. I know. I know you're so sad. You're so sad with me. I'm sorry, man. I don't know. But but could be the length. Oh, fine, fine. Puppy dog eyes. (laughs) Six. I'm making a six. All right. Be happy. (laughs) Grateful. It's a six. Um. Yeah. It's a. It's a good one. I mean, come on. Two words. Evil Groot. Well. Right. Yeah. I don't know if Evil Groot's doing it for me quite as much. I'd much more. It's a very Evil and, Groot. And I love that his. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Above his head, when he's looking up at this evil goblin. Goblin King. Instead of it being like a swear word or something yeah, yeah, above yeah, yeah, his yeah. head, you he just got some Hebrew text there, just kind of going, what? <laughs> exactly. 
Like, you know, I just, I just think there's a lot of awesome little details throughout. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Trina's books, so that doesn't thrill me as way as much as it might. Um, yeah, but it's a great book. I mean, yeah. I can't, I'm, it's, it, I'm not saying it's not a fantastic book. It's an utterly fantastic book. So Probably. we're making it a Hanukkah classic. A Hanukkah classic! Yay! Yay! Hanukkah, oh, Hanukkah, the menorah. I'm not even going to attempt this. Okay. okay. I can clap, though. These hands made for clapping. So, uh, oh, well, don't exactly have a letter so much, but we do have an appreciative listener, and I think that's almost as good. Oh, appreciative listener. This is Annette. Uh, you're not on Twitter. Nope. So you wouldn't get to see all the compliments we get. We get so many compliments. It just, it just boils me up. Aww. And uh, this is a recent one. It was uh, someone saying... I got behind on Fusate and Kate, so now I get to binge listen. A great podcast if you talk about picture books all the time, even with people who don't really care. <laughs> Hashtag am listening. Uh, that was one. And then someone else, and this was particularly impressive, uh, Serenity. Um, she actually found an old tweet of mine, which is not easy. And she uh, went back and, and found it to com- comment on the Creepy Carrots uh, episode. Um, where she also thanked Aaron for the, uh, the video, uh, where he, uh, well, if you haven't seen it, um, he does a, basically does a creepy carrots, uh, creep slash creepy pair of underwear striptease. Again, highly recommended. Two thumbs up. <laughs> so, grown up things we like. 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 Go ahead. Okay. Um, or I can go. Can I do mine? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm just, it's a very brief one. I, I don't watch many television shows, but the ones that I do watch tend to not long, last that long. Um, but this one lasted quite for some time, and I enjoyed very much, uh, Drunk History. Oh, yeah. Well, it's coming back in January, Mm -hmm. and I am just so thrilled. I saw the trailer for the upcoming ones. Looks like, uh, the woman who played Uhura in, in Star Trek looks like she'll be one of the subjects. Uh, looked like Katy Perry might be acting in one of them. Uh, that was interesting. Looks like there were a lot of really fun episodes coming up, and, uh, I am, I am very pleased by that. So, yay! Cool. Drunk History Returns! If you guys haven't watched it, by the way, this was based on a Funny or Die video. It's basically drunk people trying to tell history. Um, the history's good. The drunkenness makes it a little like, woohoo! And uh, there are some better episodes than others, but... And they have um, famous people, like, ag- Lip-syncing to yeah, what, to what the drunk, drunk people, people are saying. saying. Yeah. And, My uh, favorite is with uh, Winona Ryder. She did a very good one. Oh, but the one that actually was nominated for an Emmy was the one with Aubrey Plaza, uh, the Hamilton one. I like the Hamilton one okay. Uh, I wouldn't have said it was one of my favorite ones. Um, I really love the Jack Black as Elvis. I haven't seen that one. Oh! You gotta check that one out. It's very good. So, yay, Drunk History. Um, My thing is also TV. Ooh! Um, If you've seen Stranger Things, like a lot of people have. I have indeed. And you've seen Sesame Street. I have indeed. You can't really imagine how the two are put together until you watch the video called Sharing Things. Oh, boy. It's so... Cute. I mean, it almost makes me wish I had a kid just so they could watch it. So I have two children, and we did make them watch it. Oh, there you um, go. See? And of course, they didn't get any of the references. Nope. I have to say, Sesame Street's parodies have just gotten so good. 
Yeah. Like I mean, the House of Cards one. Oh my goodness. But, uh, but that's very smart when you have, you know, the main girl is named 11. So of right. course they'll have 11 come out. Exactly. The number 11. And yes. then spoiler alert in season two, there's a girl that, that a new character they introduce as eight. Yep. So they bring out eight. eight. Actually eight. Um, and then, you know, they gave Ernie some teeth so that he could be Dustin. And, uh... and and Cookie Monster <laughs> just he learns to share, you know, because it's does. called sharing things. It's he's the Cookie Gorgon. <laughs> it's very cute. Highly recommended. Yeah, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, you might want to just watch it, and you will be baffled, utterly, utterly baffled, but amused. I would say. Yeah. yeah. That's an excellent recommendation. Thank you. Yay! All right, we've done Hanukkah. Yeah. Moving on. Oh. To other gr bigger, greater things. I guess Christmas now. Yeah, that'd be the next thing. Okay. We can do that. Yeah, We're all okay. good. All right. I've been Betsy. And Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8. E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givens Kime, and our director of first impressions is Drew Atienza. Views 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal. Just hear those sleigh bells ringing and ting ting tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you.